All right, all right, church. Hey, grab your Bibles this morning. We're going to be reading out of our Bibles. I see Gordon grabbing his already. If you need a Bible, uh, Mr. Harrow is back there. He, uh, he'll hand you a church Bible. If you don't have a Bible, take one of these home. We'd love for you to have a Bible and be able to read it on a, a daily basis, not a weekly basis, but a daily basis. Hmm. Well, I guess it's summertime in the Northwest. Even though I had my, driving to church this morning, I had my heated seats on. It is just wrong. It is after July 4th. Someone needs to let uh, the earth know about that, right? Hey, uh, some family business this morning, sad family business. Um, Got a call yesterday morning that uh, one of my favorite people on planet earth, this, this side of heaven, um, got to go see Jesus yesterday. So Jim Lander passed away yesterday morning. You know, I don't know if you guys know um, Jim and Elaine. They, they were here for years and years. He was our maintenance guy for years. We affectionately called him Leroy around the office because that's his middle name. Um, but he's been suffering with dementia the last several years, last couple years especially. And um, the cool thing, I talked to Elaine. She called me last night around 9 o'clock. And we talked for quite a while on the phone, and she was, she was saying the blessing for her was that Jim remembered her up until um, the day he passed away, which was yesterday. Um, so she would visit him. He had, they had to put him in a home for temporarily just because for safety reasons, and, um, which was heartbreaking for her. I get that, right? You get that? And um, they'd been married 64 years and 11 months. And so to make, to make that adjustment is, was really difficult. She only got to see him about once a week. Um, but she saw him this last Wednesday, and she said normally she'll hang out all morning, um, and then they'll have lunch, and then she leaves at lunchtime. And she said normally I will give him like three kisses before I go home, but for some reason I gave him like eight or nine. And, he, and after kiss number nine, he said, oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and, um, yeah, so yesterday morning he had just a little, um, a small seizure at breakfast and went to be with Jesus. And so uh, I just want to take a moment. They have a big family. I mean, they have like 30 plus grandkids and they have a ton of greats. Um, and so he was legendary in that family and he was a mainstay. He was the one that helped lead that family, and he led them in Jesus, which was incredible to watch. And um, so they're experiencing major loss today. And so I just want, as their church family, the services will be here sometime in August, probably mid-August. Family's getting together today to talk about it. And uh, I, I showed them our church calendar and said, good luck with that. Uh, so no, they're going to, we'll do on a Saturday, possibly a Saturday coming up. So stay tuned to that. This place will be packed. Um, was mainly family, but we're his family as well. And so I want to pray for them this morning. Can we do that just as the church, as her church? You know, she said, I know we haven't been coming for a couple of years because they couldn't drive here. Um, but she said, you guys are my, you guys are my church. <laughs> and so, yeah, let's just pray. And I just want to give us a few moments of even just quietness. And you can even, I, I love it when we pray softly out loud together just all at the same time, lifting them up. 
Um, yeah, that's what we're here for, is to lift those up, to mourn with those who mourn, but to rejoice with those who rejoice. Jesus. God, thank you for his legacy. God, we thank you for his legacy, that he lived and he walked as he spoke. As you spoke, as you led him, he walked with you and was such an example to all of us of what it means to walk with, with their Savior. So I pray for those who are left behind. And Lord, we lift up Elaine to you this morning, and we just ask God that would you just surround her with your presence. Lord, that you would literally carry her right now. And Lord, for the kids and for the grandkids and for the great-grands, um, Lord, that they would remember a remarkable man, but Lord, I pray that even more that they would remember the God that man served, which is you. And Lord, that you would come alongside them and walk with them. And maybe some of them have been wandering lately, Jesus. I pray that you use this as a moment to, for them to be still and to know that you are God. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Whew. He was a good guy. Loved him. I, I found out that when he would hang out, because he was our maintenance guy for, for years, um, he would sneak in my office when I wasn't here and play my guitar <laughs> and sing songs that he had written about dogs. And I was like, okay, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, so good, good man. So I encourage you guys to join us when we, when we celebrate his life. Hey, open your Bibles to 1 uh, to Peter chapter 3 this morning. That's where we're going to be. I mentioned it's summertime, even though sometimes it doesn't feel like it out there, but it is summertime. And in the busyness and the hustle and bustle of summertime, I think it's important for us to take those be still moments to get away like Jesus would get away and to be still and know that you serve an amazing God. So to know that our God is a good father and that he walks with us and knows us. I was privileged to join the wildfire camping trip this week for a little bit. And um, it's easy to know the goodness of God when you're being pulled on an air tube at 25 miles an hour and being whipped around. And, and um, it's easy to remember that, but sometimes uh, we, get, we get lost in the struggle of life. And these teenagers uh, face a confusing world right now. And I know some of us, many of us in this room, I'm not pointing anybody out, but there's, there's a lot of us that have gray hair in this room. And we, I remember when I was a teenager, it was like two weeks ago, right? We remember what it's like, and we remember the confusion and the struggle that it was like then. Um, I, but can you imagine now? It's really difficult for a lot of these teenagers now, and so for them to have a place where they can hear the Word of God and be spoken to so the campfire times over there were incredible. We, Heather and I were privileged to have, uh, what, three campfire times. I do my math here. Um, and just the heartfelt things that are going on in their lives and how they shared and how they are hungry for Jesus. Um, I think I w- want to say one thing about this generation that's coming up is there is a passion and there is a care that God has instilled in them. They really do care for one another. Um, and they are hungry for something more. They're hungry for something more, and we know that it's Jesus that they long for. 
And it's Jesus that has made us and knows us. And so I just love the fact that they got, got to get away and have some be still uh, moments with, with their God over there. Well, we are back in chapter 3 in First Peter. I love how Peter, if we kind of look back a little bit, Peter says that the word of the Lord endures forever. And we've been learning some very difficult truths as of late, relational truths. And I love how Peter starts off talking to all y'all, and then he gets very specific and just talks to y'all, and then he goes back and talks to all y'all again. Now, for those of you that are visiting this morning, you're like, why is he talking like he's from Arkansas? Well, my mom is from Arkansas, so once in a while I pick up her slang. Um, but let me define that for you. Um, y'all just means two or more. All y'all means three or more. Okay? So Peter starts off by talking to um, us as believers in Christ. Is that how he starts off his book? And he reminds us who our God is, first of all, that he is a heavenly father. But the cool thing with Peter is he reminds us of who we are in him and what God thinks about us in him. That he's chosen us. That he calls us his royalty. That gives me goosebumps thinking about that. That's what God calls us, that we are his royalty, created to do amazing things in him. But how often do we get bogged down by the things that we see, the things that we struggle with, the world that bombards us? We get, we get caught up in that, and it limits us because we start to focus on that instead of focusing on, God, you have called me. You have chosen me. You have given me incredible things to do while I'm here on planet Earth. And so what I love about his book is he's very, Peter's very practical. I'm a pretty practical guy. Can you just tell me what, just tell me what I'm supposed to do? You know, can you just give me that list? Not that the list is supposed to be a check off the box list, because we as humans are pretty good at that. God, just tell me what to do. I can check that off and then I can do my own thing. No, the list really is given to us so we will measure ourselves to it and work our way like, okay, so I'm supposed to do this. Okay, I see that I'm a long ways off from doing that. And so it gives us a chance to, through his power, to walk in those new things. And for some of us, we don't even know what we're supposed to do. So Peter is just saying, hey, this is, this is where you're supposed to be going. This is what you're supposed to be doing. He talked to us in regards to our relationship with our government, which is a hot topic in the church right now. It was a hot topic in the church back then because Christians were being murdered for their faith back then. It was a hot topic. And for Peter to write, we're supposed to pray for and honor and submit to the authorities that God has put over us. That is a tough word. But what was happening is, even to death, when the Christians were being slain for their faith, many, many, many more were coming to faith because of their unshakable faith. He goes and talks to employees and how we're supposed to respond to our bosses. That's another great topic. Okay. Then we had a really fun week. We talked about wives' roles in, the, in, in marriage 
Thank, I didn't get any emails about that. Thank you, thank you so much. I really, I really, I really appreciate that. But we, we hammered on the men and said, hey, guys, this is your role uh, in your marriage. Got one letter about that one, and it was a good letter, really good letter. Now, what we're going to talk about today is Peter goes on to, again, talking to and addressing all of us as followers of Jesus and says, this is how we are supposed to behave with one another, behavioral characteristics of the church. Now, when I read this list, it's really easy. I don't know, for me, sometimes I can just read the Word of God and it can just go right past me because I'm thinking about another list, my grocery list. I'm thinking about my project list, my honeydew list. I don't have a honeydew list. We, we have a honeydew list. We do the list together, which has really been fun. And we're both super sore today <laughs> from working on the house for the last couple of days. What kind of lists are there out there? Well, I have a grocery list. Yeah, I have a... I don't really have a bucket list. You guys know what a bucket list is? Yeah, so something, things that I want to do before I kick the bucket, wherever that came from. But what I love about Peter is that he just says, hey, this is, these are the characteristics that should show up and should be in our walk with Jesus. And this is how we're supposed to treat one another. And when we look at this list, I believe this is, list is something that the world is longing to see. Because I believe that if the world sees this, if we respond to Jesus in this way and we act this way with one another, yes, it will change us. Yes, it will be incredible in our relationships this way, but it will change our communities. It will change our cities. It will change our nation. It will change the world. In fact, it did because the early church lived this way and it radically changed the world at that time. So we're on journey together. And Peter reminds us that, first of all, we're supposed to walk with God supposed to love him, walk with him first, but then we're also supposed to love one another and walk together. So huge. So huge. Easy to walk together? Okay, no. I got some definite no's in here. Probably you watching from home, you can't see the faces in this room, but yes, there's a lot of no's with grimaces on their faces. No, it's not easy to walk together. Sometimes the people that you love the most, sometimes at times it's difficult to walk together. I'll just say I'm a selfish person. I want to do it my way. And if you say, oh, PK, you're not that way, just talk to Heather. She'll tell you all about it. <laughs> yeah, there's things that I need to die to. There's things that I need to walk away from and walk in a new way, in my attitudes and in my service. 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 8 is where we're going to pick up. We're going to go down through verse 12. Finally, all of you. So he's been addressing certain people here. Now he's addressing the whole church. Finally, all of you, be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. Do not repay evil for evil or insult with insult. On the contrary, repay evil with blessing. Because to this you were called, so that you may inherit a blessing. For 
Whoever would love life and see good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. They must turn from evil and do good. They must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, and his ears are attentive to their prayer. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. So God, this morning as we open up your word, as we read it, God, I pray that we wouldn't be thinking of other lists. I pray that we wouldn't be thinking about lunch. I pray that we wouldn't be thinking about anything else. But God, what do you have to say to me today? Now, we're going to make it personal this morning. God, what do you have to say to me today? But God, we're also going to say, God, what do you have to say to us? As your church, at this specific address that you've called us to be in this morning, God, what do you have to say to us? God, what do you have to say for our community? And Lord, I pray that you would start with us this morning, that it would be an individual thing, but then it would become a community thing here inside these walls. But Lord, we do not want to contain it inside these walls. Lord, blow the walls out. God, that may we live with you and walk with you. Yes, individually, but Lord, corporately as well, that your world would be changed in the power of Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. So like I said, what I love about Peter is that he practically gives us this list of how we should walk with one another. Relational behaviors, relational characteristics that should be evident in those of us that follow Jesus. So you ready? It's just five things. It's being like-minded, it's being sympathetic, it's loving one another, it's being compassionate, and it's being humble. Easy stuff, church. When I was talking to uh, Elaine, uh, I just was telling her how much I admired their relationship. And she laughed and said, well, it was rocky there for a little while, but the last 30 years have been great. <laughs> and, uh, and I just said, yeah, that's, that gives me hope. That gives me hope. Because I just see how much they loved and cared for one another. And how they constantly served one another. Uh, it was so good. So the first one on the list is to be like-minded. And what does that mean for us as the church? To, live in, to walk in unity, yes. Does it mean we have to all believe the same things? I will say to this point, when it comes to the scriptures, and when it comes to our God is, yes. But do we have to believe and walk with one another all identically? If that's the case, then you would all like bacon cheeseburgers with an egg on it, right? Mitch, you and I, we walk in unity. Anybody else? Yes? Eric, is that it? Just three of us in this room? Oh, Okay. Okay, we have a convert. Okay, good. <laughs> Anybody say no way? A bacon cheeseburger with an egg on it. No? No? Oh, you said take the bacon off? Oh, wow. Everybody extend your hands to the back here. Because we have a bacon hater in the house. And um, bacon for me, is my, it's my favorite meat. It makes everything magical. It feels, right now, I feel okay. I might need to sit. 
<laughs> I might need to sit down, though, um, in a little bit. Um, I mean, bacon, just think about it. You have a salad. Salad's okay. You put bacon on it, it's great. Right? You have a sandwich. Ice? What? Ice cream. Yeah, I did. Somebody brought me a bacon milkshake one time. Um, it was a sweet and savory thing. It, was, it actually wasn't bad, people. Yeah. It wasn't bad. Anyways. So do we have to believe all the same things when it comes to that type of stuff? No. I mean, even, I'll just say, and I'm not a political guy, but I want to say, politically, are we going to believe exactly the same thing, all of us in this room? We're not. But as believers, should we be standing up for what the Bible has to say? Yes, we should. Should we stand up for life? I believe we should. Should we stand up for um, honoring one another? And yes, I think we should. Voting for people who follow Jesus, yes, I think we should. Because I believe they will bring influence um, to our country because they honor God with their lives. Do I think we should pray for those who I don't agree with that are in our government? Well, you know what? It doesn't matter what I think. The Word of God tells me that I need to. <laughs> and that is difficult sometimes. I mean, when Pastor Alex and them retired and said, hey, it's yours, and Foursquare, for some reason, hired an old guy and said, yeah, we're going to, you can have it. Um, and I was like, I don't want it. God wanted me to be here, and so I'm here, and, and I love it because I love you, and I love my Savior. And three weeks after they said yes, we shut the church down because of COVID. You know how hard that was? Because I believe that the Bible says, hey, we should gather, gather. But I was honoring, and we honored for a while <laughs> until we disagreed with what the Scripture has to say. Because they preferred us just to stay closed and be out. Other states all around us were opening up, but our state wasn't opening up. And so we prayed a lot, and we asked, and the Lord says, you can meet, you can gather. Our mandate is to pray for our government, and it's t sometimes it's difficult. So when we come together, do we need to agree on every single thing? No, we don't have to agree, I would say, on the fringe things. But we need to agree on who our God is. We need to agree on that he sent his son to die for us. We need to agree that we were broken and we were far away from him. And he came to restore us and to make us whole. We need to agree that we are chosen by him. That we are his royal priesthood, created to do amazing things in him. That's being like-minded. That's walking in unity. One of the words that can be translated from the, the original is harmony. And I'm a musician. I love good harmony. I saw this guy last night. We were walking the street, the street fair last night. Um, and we had, well, not really a street fair, just a guy on the stage. And we were having food. And he was playing... All the streets were closed off. So is that a street fair? Something like that. Block party, whatever it is. Eat them claw. Check it out. Uh, and so this guy was playing on stage. From a distance, I was like, oh, there's live music. Sound like a full band. We've got around the corner. It's one single guy up on stage that had this computer thing. that he's playing with his guitar. It had all the music. And he was singing. And there's harmony coming out. 
with him as it sounded like two people up, two or three people up on stage. And what I found out was, um, I've been looking into it myself just for fun. There's these little pedals that you can buy. It's 250 bucks. And you, you can plug your mic into, and we can plug into the sound system. And so when you sing, it sings harmony with you. It's your voice singing harmony with you. It's, it's cheating. <laughs> Much rather have three or four people on stage singing and worshiping the Lord in harmony. It's so sweet, isn't it? I'm going to date myself, but I remember one of my favorite I'm going to really date myself. One of my favorite things, I saw them live in concert with my parents. I went to concerts with my parents. Um, yeah. The Statler Brothers. Anybody remember the Statler Brothers? I saw them uh, live and in concert. Incredible harmony. You just like step back and like, wow, this is really amazing. That's what it should be in the church, that there should be this Unified harmony when we walk together, whether we're eating cheeseburgers or however you like your chicken, right? But there should be this incredible harmony. We should be like-minded. We should be sympathetic. We should sympathize with one another because we have no idea what's going on underneath the surface. I mean, really, we show up here and most of us only see each other during this hour and a half time frame. And we talk to each other for three or four minutes, probably that's about it during the week. I can hide a lot of things in three minutes, right? We have no idea the depths of what's going on in our homes, in our work situations, in our families, in our own mental health. And so to come together and be just sympathetic towards one another to actually care, to listen. That's one of the biggest things today. Do you realize if you are struggling with mental health right now, which is a pandemic in the United States right now, it's actually been declared as a pandemic. And you try to pick up, I was going to say the yellow pages, no such thing anymore. Um, you Google, so just Google, okay, I need to find somebody who I could talk to, a counselor, a professional counselor. Do you realize that it's a three to six month wait to get in, to talk to somebody. What if we just had coffee together? Because most of the time, this is the deal. You don't really need a step-by-step -step advice from this counselor. You just need to have somebody to process what's going on in your life. And if you just sit down and have coffee with somebody that you love and trust, or that you trust that the Lord has led you to, I just saved you 150 bucks. Well, 145 because Starbucks is going to get you for about five or six bucks. Or nine. Or 20 if you have a sandwich. Um, but seriously, what if we just got together and we sympathized with one another? Hey, what's going on in your life? And really mean it and listen. And then listen to the Holy Spirit as they're speaking and then ask them permission. So, hey, is it okay if, we talk, if I share something with you? And you just have that conversation. Church, it'll be life-changing for you. What's cool about it, it'll be life-changing for both of you because for the person who's listening, when the Holy Spirit speaks to you and you are able to share and bring life to somebody, <laughs> that life flows right through you. And that means you're getting the life as well because it's flowing through you. Really important. So 
We should be doing that. We should be doing that. How about loving one another? How are we doing with that? It means that we need to look past ourselves. That means we need to love like Jesus loved. And that's with no strings attached. I mean, when the rich young ruler, the one that you would like look at the Bible and just say, man, if anybody was ready to accept Jesus into their life and follow him, it was this young man that came to Jesus and said, what must I do to have this eternal life that you talk about? And Jesus says, hey, didn't say, didn't, Jesus didn't say pray this prayer. Jesus says, I want you to have, take everything that you have and I want you to give it away and I want you to follow me. And what did the guy do? All right, Jesus, I'm in. No, he went away sad. But the word of the God says that Jesus looked at him and loved him. Even though Jesus knew he wasn't going to follow. Now, we don't know if this rich young man came back later. We just know in that moment he said no to Jesus. But Jesus still in that moment, in the no, loved him. And so when Peter says that we're supposed to love one another, yeah, in the good times, that's easy. But how about loving one another when we disagree, when we're not like-minded? Because our culture now is to cancel one another. Man, if you don't agree with me, you're canceled. Why? I'm not going to love you. In fact, I'm going to come against you. And it's awesome that Peter addresses that later. So when someone comes against you, what do you do? You repay evil for evil? No. When someone comes against you, you bless them. We're supposed to be compassionate with one another. Some translations call it tenderhearted. It means empathy. And here's the definition. The ability to understand and to share the feelings of one another. To be compassionate. Like right now, for us as a church, we need to have compassion on Elaine Lander. And I don't even have her address. We can find it, but wouldn't it be cool if we flooded her? She's living with her son, Grant, up north. Wouldn't it be cool if we flooded her mailbox? They still have mailboxes today. Actually sent her a card or sent her a little handwritten note. and just said, love you, thinking of you, praying for you. To be compassionate. And the easy one, because we're all of this, is to be humble. <laughs> I'm extremely humble. Yeah. That's a tough one. Because true humility is living a life that is selfless. Looking at the other's, other's needs instead of looking at ours first. Philippians chapter 2 is one of my favorite passages where it just talks about yeah, we should look at the other's needs before we even look at ourselves because that's what Jesus did. Jesus sat on the right hand of God the Father and he left that place to come here and to die. The God of heaven left that place to take on humanity. It's, it's mind-boggling. So when we need to look, well, what's my example of humility? We look at Jesus. It is the Sunday school answer. We look at Jesus. Jesus, how did, how, did he, how did you walk with people? How do you love those who you knew would turn their back on you? 
Jesus invested three years into his disciples, and every single one of them, for that moment, the night of, when, they need, when Jesus needed them most, they all ran away. Now, Peter followed from a distance, and we know that because when he, Jesus, when he denied Jesus three times, somehow there was eye contact. But they all deserted Jesus. Jesus knew that all along, and yet still loved them and spoke life to them and built them up. We need to humble ourselves and walk in humility. Apart from the presence of the Holy Spirit working in our lives, our natural tendency is to repay evil with evil, to repay an insult with an insult. And that's what Peter gets into. Don't do that, which is totally the opposite of the way we, we want to walk in. Oh, you insult me? Oh, I got one for you. Or give me 10 minutes and let me think of one and then I'll come back at you. You ever do that? Like someone insults you and then you say something and you're like, the next day you wake up, oh, I should have said that to him. That's really bad because you've still been thinking about it. You're still thinking about it. And so Peter tells us our response when someone does something evil towards us or even insults us, our response is to bless them. Is that the only time in Scripture that it talks about that? I actually just want to read some Scripture to us this morning. I'm just going to fly through these. Um, I'm going to say where they're from, but this is what the Bible says about repaying evil with evil, and Jesus said it in Matthew chapter 5, verses 38 through 42, for those of you taking notes, those of you watching from home. Jesus said, You have heard that it is said... Eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I tell you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to them the other cheek. And if anyone wants to sue you and take your shirt, hand over your coat as well. If anyone forces you to go a mile, go with them two miles. You guys understand that is, as a Roman uh, one of the centurions, one of the Roman guards, they had the authority to walk up and ask you to carry their stuff. For, and you were legally obligated to carry it for one mile. That's the concept of what's going on here. So now I'm carrying this guy's stuff that I don't even like. In fact, he's my enemy. And I'm supposed to carry his stuff for him one mile? No way. Jesus says, yeah, now carry it one more. Because what will that do to that person? I don't understand why you're doing this. I don't understand the attitude that you have and why you're doing this. And that opens up the opportunity for us to say, I do it because Jesus asked me to do it. I love, I love you because Jesus loves you. That's real important for people to know. I love you because Jesus loves you and point them to their, to their Savior. He's not just your Savior. He's their Savior. Give to one another who asked you, and do not turn away the one who wants to borrow from you. What does the Bible have to say about insults? So some of these I memorized when I, was, when I first got saved, because I struggled with this. My stature was not the biggest stature, uh, as the world would see, and so I would defend myself with my mouth. I was a smart Alec. I was like, okay, smart Alec, okay. I was a smart Alec. I still can be. 
<laughs> Ask Heather. And so I really had to work on this, personally. Proverbs 15.1, a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Whew, I had to work on that a lot. So when I was insulted, I had to just take it and not bounce back. And so my response would be, I'm created in the image of God. I am made the way he made me. And I really did believe that. When I first got saved, um, someone read to me Psalm 139, and it changed my world. Because I realized that I was handmade by God. A gentle answer turns away wrath. Husbands and wives, memorize that verse in your homes. It will change your relationship. James 1.26, those who consider themselves religious and yet do not keep a tight rein on their tongues deceive themselves, and their religion is worthless. Because we're not living it. We're not, we might say it, but with the same mouth, we tear one another down. It doesn't work that way. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29 through 32, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. I memorized this one too. But only what is helpful built for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, and brawling, and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ has forgiven you. So be like-minded, church. Be sympathetic. Love one another. Be compassionate and be humble. I want us just to take a moment this morning, just like 30 seconds. I started off the service by saying this summer is a good chance for us to have some be still moments. And just for you personally to be able to look at this, this list that Peter gave us and say, so how am I doing and I don't ask you to sh ask that question for condemnation's sake, but to actually encourage you and just allow the Holy Spirit to work in you on these things. He really does love us and, and wants us to walk in these ways. So take like 30 seconds. Just be still in his presence. How are you doing on this list? Thank you, God, for loving us so much that you'd give us a list. And just simply tell us how we're supposed to respond with one another. In Jesus' name, amen. So we repay evil with blessing because Peter says here, that's what we're called to do. <laughs> we're not called to repay evil with evil. We're not called to repay insult with insult, but we're called to bless one another. When's the last time you blessed somebody? I hope it was 10 minutes ago, 20 minutes ago, half an hour ago. I hope it was at least within the last 24 hours. If it wasn't, okay, then that's, that's a great question. God, I want to I wanna do what you ask me to do. How can I bless somebody? Who can I bless today? That's another great question you can ask yourself today. As you leave this place, who can I bless today? How about blessing the one that you ride to church with or those you ride to church with if you're riding in a multi, one of those big vehicles? 
Walking in this way will keep us focused on Jesus. When we take our eyes off Jesus, is what Peter gets into in verses 10 through 12 when he quotes Psalm 34. Whoever would love life and sees good days must keep their tongue from evil and their lips from deceitful speech. Because what happens is when things are going so well with us, we take our eyes off of Jesus and we put our eyes on ourselves, and that only goes so far. And deceit will creep in and Evil would creep in, and insult against insult will creep in. All those things that Peter was saying, hey, don't do those things because we've taken our eyes off of Jesus, and there's no way we can do these things. There's no way we can be like-minded, sympathetic, loving one another, compassionate and humble unless we have the power of the Holy Spirit in us and working in us and through us. And so our focus needs to be on him always, always, always. It's important that we have those be still moments it's important that you as individuals have those be still moments and know that he is God because he will speak to us. He does speak to us if we're still and know. For those of us that are walking with him, it's important that we give him praise for all that he's doing in us and doing around us. Great worship list today, Ash. God, I just stand here with arms open wide, arms open wide. Just in awe of your presence, Lord. And God, that your praise would ever be, always be on my lips. No matter what I'm going through, no matter what I face. And Peter wraps up the final couple parts when he quotes Psalm 34 is that our prayers are heard, that our God hears us. Maybe for some of you, you've been You've been crying out for the same thing over and over, and you just feel like, oh, God doesn't hear me. He hears you. He might not answer in the time that you want him to answer. But I just want to reassure you that he does hear you. He does. And I don't know all your circumstances, but I know the circumstances that I've been in and even been through Sometimes it's taken years for those prayers to be answered. But until that answer comes, his praise still needs to ever be on my lips. I still need to pursue him because he pursued me. I still need to walk with him and take those times to be still and know that he is God. I'm excited this morning because we have a special guest with us. Uh, actually, they were here. Come on up, Laura and John. And worship team, uh, they were here with, at RCC years ago. I actually went to high school with Laura. And um, Laura is uh, Dick Harrell's daughter, Dick and Jackie, uh, and Emily and John. So uh, it's their daughter, and uh, she's, she's, they're actually planting a church in Texas. Been in Texas for like 27 years, is that what I heard? Yes. You guys are old. Um, um, <laughs> I am speaking for myself because I'm older than they are. Um, but they're in town, and they are planting a church, and they're just a gifted, gifted family. And so I just, yeah, would you come, and would you, would you minister to us? So she ministers through song. Um, don't be surprised if she gives a, a prophetic word um, corporately to all of us, but really don't be surprised if she points you out. Don't be afraid of that. I know people, I know, I know there's some that come to church and like, I just want to be left alone. And I get, I, I get that. I get that. Michael in the back raised her hand. 
But I also believe that God will speak to us. And He uses one another. Yes, He speaks to us through His Word. does it all the time. But the Bible says that He uses prophetic word. And that when we come together, that we're all supposed to bring something to the, to the, to the service. We're all supposed to bring something to when we gather. Now, the American church has just been very, I believe it's been off for years. Because the American church is basically a few songs and a, one person talking and then we go home. That's really not church. Well, that we're all supposed to come and gather. Thursday night, prayer and worship night, that's more like church. That we come together and there's several words, several verses being read from different people in the body. Um, yes, worship going on. Yes, order. Yes, all of that. Yes. I'm not talking about swinging from the chandeliers because we took those down years ago. We used to have chandeliers in here. You guys probably remember that. They're gone. Too much swinging on them. No. Not enough swinging on them, I guess. I don't know. Um, but yeah, so I just invited them to come and um, they're just going to minister to us this morning. So, okay. The Lord gave me. Um and a friend, this song in 2020 during COVID. This song was written entirely on Zoom because we could not be in contact with each other. And it was so profound. And I just think it's a great word for today. So if you want to enter in, the words will be up there. If not, just close your eyes and receive from the Lord. Still, my mind be still. 
before the God among the nations. Be still, be still, and know that He is God. Be still, and let our God be exalted. Be Just wait on the Lord for a moment, please. I've been praying for you a lot. A lot, a lot, a lot these last couple of weeks. I don't believe he wants to encourage you today. A couple specifically, but as a body. So I would just ask that you would pray for me as I press, we press into the Lord and hear him, that our hearts would be open, our eyes would be open, our ears would be open. Father, speak to us. Encourage us. Encourage this body of believers. Encourage your people. You are a God who loves to encourage. God, speak to us. I believe the Lord has a few words of encouragement. Where I'm from, we call them words in due season. From Proverbs 25. Does anybody know that scripture? 25.11 and on. A word in due season is like apples of gold and settings of silver. And so we just pray that God will encourage your heart. I, this lady here in the back uh, with a black shirt, she's right in between right there. Yeah, you, yes. Which, yes, what's your name? Andrea. Andrea? Okay. Um, I believe the Lord would like to encourage you today and just honor you. Um, my heart is full, so forgive me. <laughs> you might see some tears today. Um, uh, he's, I believe he's saying you are like a fruit stand uh, um, on the side of the road that has farm fresh fruit. And that your whole life you have produced good fruit for Jesus. Yes. And the fruit is organic and, and, and not, um, there's nothing, it's just the most wholesome fruit. And God is so pleased with you. And I believe that he would say that here is one whom there is no guile. Yes. Okay. <laughs> And people have come, and they've enjoyed the fruit. They've enjoyed the fruit. So do not grow weary in doing good, because God is so pleased with you, so pleased with you. Father, we just bless Andrea. We just pray that you would give her the 
the strength to keep producing fruit for you <laughs> under the power of the Holy Spirit, only that which comes from God. And Father, we just, we just pray that you protect her because there is a sense of innocence and um, vulnerability, and we just pray that you protect her and keep her safe as she labors for you, as she loves for you, as she moves in the Holy Spirit for you, as she ministers for you, and that her fruit would abound even more. We bless Andrea today in Jesus' name. Jesus' name. This boy, um, excuse me, man, young man, the man on the wall there, what, what is your name? Ishmael. Ishmael. Um, I feel like the Lord wants to encourage you and get you prepared because he's about to put you on the grid. You have um, maybe in something you're not, um, you don't feel you're ready for, but do not worry. God has prepared you, and he's about to put you in the forefront in something that you've been behind the scenes in. And um, when things steam up, uh, it feels like uh, pressure and things seem like they're heating up, um, don't worry because God is with you and he's prepared you for this moment. You are well equipped for this next season in your life. So be excited, excited, because Jesus is going to do something great, great in you, something unexpected. And so, Father God, we just, we just bless Ishmael. We bless him, and we thank you that you see him, that you know him, that you've given him great gifts and callings, and they're irrevocable, and that you're going to bring him into his destiny, and he is going to walk boldly before you, and he is going to go into this next season with confidence and trust that you are with him, and he will um, soar. He will soar on eagles' wings. He will be strong and mighty for you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me look. It's so wonderful to be here. There's so many memories here. <laughs> Pastor Alex married us 27 years ago. <laughs> We're still going. That was a good choice. <laughs> so I am very blessed to be here. This is wonderful. Ah, so. hmm. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Well, my heart has been heavy um, in a good way uh, for y'all, as we say in Texas. For y'all, all y'all. Uh, so um, I, I feel like he's given me a word of encouragement for this body. And I just want you to know that he sees you. <laughs> he sees you, and you are precious to him. The word for this body is summed up with keep pressing in and pressing on. Let me elaborate. So there were three things that he showed me about this body, all the way from Texas for you. Um, and remember, prophecy, uh, 1 Corinthians 14.3, talks about edification, comfort, um, building up. I just want you to know that prophecy is for building up and encouraging. And anything that the Lord shows you, as you well know, you are, this room is full of well-seasoned Christians, I can see. Um, 
just remember, it's for your good. God works for the good. So, of all those who love him and are called according to his purpose. So, the word is um, a, a picture that I saw of the corporate body. So, this is the corporate body. Um, it was a soldier. You are in a battle. You are definitely in a battle. Now, all Christians are in a battle, right? We have an enemy that goes around seeking who he may destroy and kill and hurt and everything else. And um, we all have different battles. In Texas, our churches have different battles than your churches do, for sure. But they're battles nonetheless. But you are in a battle, and, I, and I, you know that well. You know that well. There was a picture of this body being a soldier, and the soldier was um, armored up with the armor of God. The whole corporate body here, armored up with the armor of God. The helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, which I would like to add that you have been given a great gift with your pastors here. Pastor Key, uh, Kevin and Heather, uh, they know how to rightly divide the word of truth. And so that is a good thing. That is a good thing. The belt of truth, the feet of readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. And the, uh, the soldier had the shield of faith. You have done well, says the Lord to you today, I believe. That you are, um, that you have defended the faith, that you have resisted the enemy, and he has fled. You have protected the house. You have stood on the word. You have guarded um, the house. Like, um, and Kevin has done. Pastor Kevin has done a great job of shepherding and protecting, as did Pastor Alex before him. But the Lord would like to encourage you to remember to grip tightly the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Now, the scripture there, Ephesians 6, 17, there talks about picking up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The word in the Greek there, and many of you may know this already, is rhema. The rhema word of God. Sometimes I think it's kind of, um, it's, it's believed that that's the, it's the logos word of God. It's standing on the logos, which is the written word of God. Often we refer to the written word of God as logos, okay? But, but the Greek there is the rhema word of God, which is the spoken word of God. Using your vocal cords to speak that which is spoken. And I feel the encouragement is that the corporate body here needs to, um, to um, consider speaking um, the heart of God to its community and neighborhood and, and city, what, what the Lord feels about the current issues, things that are important to the people here, um, things they want to know about in a very concise and precise manner, in a very deliberate and proactive manner. Wielding the sword, speaking as a corporate body, unified voice to your surrounding neighborhood 
And I, I feel like the Lord is saying that that may seem, well, you know, well, I understand. I have family here. I know the issues going on in Washington State and just everywhere. But it may be counterintuitive and feel like it might be divisive or it's going to be off-putting to people. But the Lord says that which you think is... Um, is going to be off-putting is actually the very thing that will draw people to this place. It is the very thing. Someone who will speak the truth in love in an effective manner, very clearly, very precisely. I don't know what God would have you do. Um, maybe it's putting something on the website that just says, we just want you to know this is what the Word of God says about this. And we love you, and we want to talk to you about it. This is why what we believe, and this is why we believe it. Clear and concise. Not muddled, not wishy-washy, not gray, not self-serving, not any of it. Just clear and concise. Maybe it's putting a sign out in the front that says, come on in, let's talk. I don't know, but I do know that you are here for a reason, that your time is not up. It's not time to hang up your hat. It's not time to give up or anything, that you have a wealth of experience. You have a wealth of um, just years walking with the Lord, a wealth of wisdom, and you are primed to mentor the people that will come here. You are primed. You are, you, God is, has prepared you for such a time as this. Do not give up. Be clear and concise. People are hungry for truth that is straightforward and precise and not covered over or not hidden or not swept under the rug. It's scary. When we just talked about the armor of God, um, in Ephesians at the end, it talks about, Paul is talking about, and please pray for me. The greatest Christian who ever walked the planet is saying, please pray for me that I may fearlessly preach the word and share it as I should. Now, if Paul is asking for help, <laughs> how much more, you know, all of us, a man who, who did amazing things for Jesus, it's hard. It's hard to speak the truth, especially in a culture with such adversity and people coming against you, so much spiritual warfare. But if you're willing, you will see the mighty work of God. You will see a transition in this place and this area. You will see people are looking for someone to speak the truth. The second thing, to speak it. Speaking is the key. Showing love is absolutely wonderful. Generosity is absolutely wonderful. Serving the community, absolutely wonderful. Totally Jesus. But it's the time now, it's the season now to speak. To speak. Okay. Second thing God mentioned was manna. Remember the manna. <laughs> so remember the Israelites, how they got manna every day, right? And remember how God warned them, don't, don't pick up the manna. Don't pick, just pick up what you need for that day, but don't take more for the next day because it'll spoil. Remember that? 
Remember that? So he was very clear about the manna was for that day. And, and then he would send new manna that was for that day. So the encouragement today, I feel, is that, you, to, that it is a wonderful thing to remember the rich heritage you have here at Ring Christian Center. I mean, we're going on, what, 40 years maybe? 40 years. Wow. That is amazing. That is amazing. That's longevity. That's perseverance. That's awesomeness. But God has fresh manna for this house. Do not rely on the manna of yesterday. The way things have been done, God wants to bring fresh vision, fresh revelation and he wants to tell you today, be prepared when that comes. Be ready for the new manna, for the new word from God, the new vision, some new strategy that God's going to give you. And he is going to give you a new strategy. He's going to give you a new strategy for this city, for this neighborhood, for this region. Because he's not done with you. Last thing, God said, you are an anchor. You are an anchor in this community. You don't feel like an anchor. And I feel that there has been disillusionment here. There has been depression. There has been sadness. There's been, what is going on, God? What are you doing, God, here? But God is saying, take heart. Take heart. You are an anchor in this community. He showed me a picture of a man that drives by here. Now, of course, I can't introduce you to the man, but in faith, I'm going to share this. There is a man that drives by this building frequently, and he is troubled in his heart. He is tormented. And he looks up, and he sees this building, and he says, oh, at least RCC is still here. Hear me, church. People are watching you. You don't think, maybe, that they're watching you or, you know, where are they if they're watching us? But they are, and they need you. They need you to be a presence in this city and this community. They need you. Don't give up. You are an anchor for them. And the Lord said to me that that man will come to this place. He will one day come to this place. So watch and pray. Watch and pray. Okay? So that is what I wanted to share with you. Um, Kevin, did you have something you wanted to say? <laughs> I do love this place. I will always love this place. Let me, um, let me just do one, one thing. Can I um, just do one more thing? Yeah, of course. Okay. Um, would you be willing to stand up, please? Okay. And I know that we are in the middle of the COVID thing, but if you wouldn't mind, would you take the hand or link arms with the person next to you or, or even maybe just touch their shoulder? Just touch their shoulder. And we're going to pray because God kept me up all night with this, and I feel that, <laughs> that this is significant, and I'm believing this is significant for you. You are loved. You are seen. You are not done yet. It is not time to retire. No way, no how. It ain't over till God says it's over. 
and you are going to thrive, and you are going to speak the truth in love, and you are going to change this community from inside, inside and out. You will change this community for Jesus because there is no one more beautiful, no one more lovely, no, more, no one more wonderful than Jesus. And you know it, and I know it. And the world needs Jesus. Renton needs Jesus. Be the anchor that you are called to be. Be the anchor that you are called to be. Do not move to the right or to the left. Stay on the straight and narrow and speak the truth in love. Precisely, concisely, and readily available for all to see and understand and you will see a transformation in this place. Father God, I just bless this community. These believers, these are comrades in arms. The ones that you're holding the hand with, the ones that you're praying with right now, these are your comrades. These are the people that are going into battle with you. And remember, you are in a battle. This is not a laughing matter. You need to be praying. You need to be contending for Renton Christian Center, your presence here in this community. You need to be contending for your neighbors, for the presence of God to rest in this place. You, you need to be fighting. You need to be fighting because you are worth fighting for. And God knows it. I know it. And the devil knows it. So fight. Fight together. These are your, these are your people. These are your family. Father God, bind these people together with a holy love like Kevin was talking about, a love that is unshaken and, and is in Jesus. And, and Father, I pray you empower each and every one to speak the truth in love and that, they, that you show them what the corporate, the corporate strategy is for conveying that to their community just whatever it is. And Father, I pray that they would obey and they would move and they would stand on it and they would not budge. And God, I pray you move in a mighty way. I pray for miracles and I pray for signs and wonders. I pray for the Holy Spirit to move. I pray for this place to explode, explode with the presence of God. And they would just, it would just emanate from this place and people would go, why am I stopping here? Why do I want to drive into this driveway and come to this church? I feel I feel drawn. I feel drawn. And that can happen. That can happen. You can. You can do that, God. You can do that. And you will do that in these people. You love them. They're not done yet. Bless them. Bless them. And bless them again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Laura. That's awesome. Oh, almost falling. Hey, can I have John? Your son is Josiah, right? Josiah, Josiah can you come? Hey, I just while you're standing up, we're going to extend our hands and pray. They're getting ready to plant a church in Texas. And um, God has told them to plant a church, and they said yes. And that's about as far as they've gotten. Yeah. <laughs> and they're just asking God for, uh, they're asking God for that rhema word as well for them. Um, and so I just want us as a family to pray for them. They are our family, even though all y'all are in Texas. So, okay. Hey, can we, can we pray? Yes. Mm. So God, Lord, I thank you for this family that have said yes to you. Individually, they have said yes to you. But as a family, they have said yes to you. 
So Lord, as Josiah goes off to school, Lord, I just pray that you would infuse him with more of your presence. God, that he would be a difference maker on his campus. And God, as, as Laura and John step out in faith to plant this church, Lord, I pray that as they hold up their shield of faith, that every, every flaming arrow of the enemy would be ex extinguished because they hold up their shield of faith. And that's what your word says, that when we do that, that's what happens. That doesn't mean that the arrows don't fly. That just means they don't hit. And Lord, any physical ailment, Lord Jesus, right now, just over these, these three, God, I just pray right now that you take them away in Jesus' name. That the enemy would not win by holding them back physically. And Lord, that you would touch, touch them physically, but also, Lord, I pray that you would touch them emotionally. That you'd be with them. We see that you're with them spiritually. We see it. Um, and God, we just pray your will be done in this couple, in this family. Lord, as they step out in faith and say yes, we pray that Texas would be different. Um, we know Texas is different. <laughs> we pray to be different because of what you're doing in them and through them. Use them, God, uh, for your glory. Uh, in Jesus' name, amen. I'm just going to simply say amen. Love you all. We'll see you next week, okay? Okay.